Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Race for the Case, our college football podcast for... Gamblers and prognosticators everywhere want to win some money and look smart with their friends. Pete Thamel and I are here to help you do that with our picks for the big games of the week. And Pete, I feel compelled to update <laughs> our standings after the first week when I was roundly ridiculed for a 1-5 and five start and endured much trash talk <laughs> from the mad Albanian yourself. Uh, now... The standings are tied because I turned one and five into five and one against the spread this last week. Uh, and you were three and three. So we are tied up. We each have two beers apiece in our race to 24 beers. And who's going to buy each other a case? That's our goal here. Uh, Pete Thamel, go ahead and give me props. <laughs> if you keep up this pace, I'm going to buy you pumpkin beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a low which blow. Our, which our listeners would know that we are not fans of uh, from our from our last podcast. I do give you credit, Pat. You are a uh, you are a volatile. Uh, you're volatile. I try to go the Albanian way, slow and steady to win the race. You 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 go out on your limbs. I, I don't know if, if the if people who happen to gamble happen to listen to this podcast. I don't know any of those people, but if they happen to, if our Friday friends, for example, were following you, they would be a roller coaster. We're just gonna keep I'm gonna just hit that three wood down the middle of the fairway and keep going and, and the listeners will trust. I think I spotted you one week and now you're in trouble. That's my <laughs> view of it. Well, I, I am trending up, you are not. So We've got our usual, we've got five picks that we will both make, and then we each have a separate lock of the week. Last year week, I hit my lock. Pete, I don't know. Did you hit yours? I am 2-0 and in locks of That's the week. That's good. Yeah, you went Mississippi State at uh, Kansas State. Good call there. And I had Virginia covering the number against uh, Indiana, which was a bit dicey, but they got it done. So, a little backdoor action, Pat. You, a little you backdoor. Need backdoor cover to get you rolling, right? Never opposed to that at all. So, all right, let's go to this week's picks. Some good games, some big games, some intriguing games. Let's start with the Thursday game, though, since uh, we do have a Thursday game we wanted to talk about and get everybody off to a good start, get the bankroll fattened as we go along. Uh, Boston College is at Wake Forest. The game is, time has been moved up from 7.30 to 5.30 due to the impending hurricane coming to the North Carolina shores. Uh, but they're still going to get it played, and that's good. It's an important game in the ACC Atlantic Division. Both these teams are 2-0, both kind of sneaky good. 
and really, I would say battling to see who's second best in that division behind Clemson. So, Pete, uh, you live in Boston. You've had a, probably a pretty good look at Boston College up to this point. You certainly know Wake Forest and Dave Clawson pretty well as well. What's your insight on the Eagles and the Demon Deacons? So I don't know if you remember the game, Pat. Uh, was it three seasons ago where I think I believe Wake and BC went to overtime tied at three? <laughs> and I think one of them won 6-3. That, that's off memory. Whatever it was, it was just garish football. Um, so the surprising stat of the week, uh, I did a feature on A.J. Dillon, which our listeners can see on uh, Yahoo.com, BC's promising young running back who, uh, you know, could launch a Heisman campaign Thursday if he has a big uh, a big game in the matinee, the 5 o'clock kick at uh, BB&T Stadium. But the stunning stat was this. Both Wake and BC are in the top 10 in the country in snaps. These are really? not teams that you feel like really go. But uh, part of the story I did on Dylan was uh, – I thought this was kind of interesting. BC at the uh, Quick Lane Bowl, December 26, two years ago in Detroit – scrapped its plotting offense, put in a no-huddle, pro-style tempo offense that Steve Adazio told me he swiped from Oklahoma when they had that great team with Sam Bradford and Jermaine Gresham that played Florida in the title game. And, and BC has kind of gone hyper-tempo. So it's these are this is a game that like a year or two ago we'd be like, oh, it's going to be 4-2 to two or, or whatever. But I actually think it could be moderately high scoring. Uh, I feel like... BC solidified itself at the quarterback position with Anthony Brown, the redshirt sophomore, back and in, in healthy after a, after a serious injury last year. I feel like this will be a sneaky high-scoring game for those who pay attention to that. And uh, I feel like the Eagles will come out on top 35-24. Which would cover the seven-point spread. Uh, BC is favored by seven on the road. And I believe you did just uh, tacitly tout the over, if I was paying attention there. Uh, I will say... So insightful, Patrick. So <laughs> insightful. The idea of BC running hyper-tempo is like finding out, you know, that the 80-year-old across the street is a swinger. What are you doing to me here? I, I'm not sure I, I can grasp this concept. I wrote in the column uh, that it was like Army coming out in the run and shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're messing with my mind and on everything that I know and hold dear here. Uh, but, okay, if you say so. And, yeah, I mean, I know Wake Forest is able to put up points. Greg Dorch, their uh, all-purpose star, is back. Uh, after a, a serious injury of his own last year. He had two punt returns for touchdown already this season. Uh, can do it all. Can return kicks, can run from the backfield, can catch passes. And he's going to be a problem for BC. Also a problem for BC. They had two punts blocked for touchdowns last week against Holy Cross. So I think special teams give the edge to Wake. Give home field, give the edge to Wake. Seven points, give the edge to Wake. I am taking Wake Forest to at least cover if not outright win. They've got to tackle A.J. Dillon, but if they can do that, this is going to be a close game, and I think Wake Forest can at least get the seven points covered. Okay. One more point there, Pat, just yeah. from going to BC because I live in Boston to spring practice in this summer. <laughs> People in the program actually told me their biggest worry going into the season was punter. Really? Which is not – which is not something like it stands out in my mind because they're like, we really need to, we really need either the punter who came back to step up or uh, someone within the program to uh, to punt well. So that is uh, that is telling that they had two punts blocked against the mighty Crusaders. Yeah, yeah, the mighty Crusaders. That's a they either need a better punter or better blockers for the punter or both. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, then going to the Saturday games, a good entry, intriguing slate. Uh, I'm going to start with TCU and Ohio State and Jerry World. I'm going to be at that game. The last look at Ohio State with Ryan Day in charge on the sideline and the first real challenge for Ryan Day in charge on the sideline. TCU, a quality opponent, Oregon State, and Rutgers were overmatched in the horseshoe. Uh, TCU, in terms of special teams, a uh, heck of a punt return to themselves in Cavante Turpin. They've actually had two different guys run back punts for touchdowns this year. But Ohio State, punt coverage like madmen. Matter of fact, they, they have not allowed a punt yard returned uh, uh, yet this year. Uh, I don't know whether TCU has the defensive uh, stoutness to stick with Ohio State. Ohio State's averaging 64 points a game, 650 yards. Uh, Pete Thamel, what is your thought on that game? Well, I think right now the best player in the country so far this season has been Nick Bosa, the defensive end for Ohio State. Um, I, I feel like this is an opportunity for Bosa to start getting Heisman buzz. Like there was a big drumbeat of defensive linemen this offseason, the year of the D linemen. And I feel like Bosa's played better than all of them. He has two fumble recoveries. He has a touchdown. He's in the top 10. He's number one in sack yards, and he's in the top 10 in sacks and TFLs. He has been uh, virtually unblockable, and I feel like this will be a great showcase for him. I feel like Ohio State will score enough points, but I don't feel like they will give up many to a TCU offense, which is still searching for a bit of an identity. I think the Buckeyes, I want to say they roll, but I feel like it's going to be 31-17. Okay, so uh, that's that's covering the spread, which is 12 and a half. Uh, and I think that would be a good quality win. I, You know what? Nick Bosa has been great, but geez Louise, is he for sure the best player on his own team? Because Dwayne Haskins has been unbelievable on the other side of the ball. First-year starter at quarterback. Uh, he is off to a phenomenal start. He's completing 79% of his passes. He's third in the nation, fourth in the nation in efficiency. Uh, he's throwing the ball downfield, which is what JT Barrett couldn't do. Uh, and I think that he's really kind of galvanized that offense and given them a chance to be much more dangerous this season. Uh, given that, and I do think TCU, first of all, they have not played anybody yet. They were very sloppy against SMU, which is not a good team. And before that, they played, I, I believe, a 1AA team, FCS team. So this is a major step up in class, major step up in athletes. Uh, and I think that Ohio State's going to win and cover. I'm not sure it's going to be a blowout, but I, I see him winning by anywhere 14, 17, 21 points. So we're both down with Ohio State. Now let's go look at the 330 SEC game, the classic slobber knocker in the SEC West, LSU at Auburn. Uh, winner of that game will be the, the likely challenger to Alabama on that side. Uh, winner of that game stays very much in the uh, the playoff hunt and really you could argue would have two quality wins in three weeks and maybe should be number one depending on what happens elsewhere. Auburn is laying a pretty big number, nine and a half points at home against LSU. What do you got, Pete? I'm going to take Auburn 20 to three. I feel like the the Tigers blew a 20 – I'm sorry, there's two Tigers here. I need to be more specific. <laughs> Auburn blew a 20-point lead at LSU last year. I feel like this is the first true defensive test for the new uh, LSU offense under uh, Steve Emsinger, who, quite frankly, passed his first test with flying colors. I didn't feel like – the offense obviously put up dynamic results against Miami. I just felt like they ran counter and nobody tackled the guy. Like, I didn't feel like there was any – schematic like overhaul they were just big and powerful I feel like Auburn up front especially with that defensive line the NFL scouts really like can negate some of that push I feel like the LSU 
injuries and suspensions start to show up a little bit more in this game. Those get overshadowed with the tenor of their last result. So I am anti-O. I am pro-Tiger. Stidham and the boys do enough to roll. All right, I'm with you there, really. I, I think it's going to be relatively low scoring, and I think it's a pretty handy Auburn victory. I'm just saying 24-10. to 10. I'll at least give LSU one touchdown, unlike you, you miser. Uh, but I, I have the same, same feelings. I mean, they ran the ball pretty well. They did not throw it very well. Auburn is going to absolutely load up in the box, stop the run, and say, okay, Joe Burrow, you're 114th in America in passing. Let's see if you can do it. So far, this still looks like the same LSU passing attack to me. Uh, so I, I like Auburn in this situation. They've won 13 straight at home. They have housed uh, their last five ranked opponents they have played there. They beat Alabama there handily last year. They killed Georgia there. Uh, this is They've got that Jordan-Hare mojo going, and I think that you combine that with the fact that LSU probably isn't that great, and I think Auburn wins and may have an argument to be the number one team in the country after this weekend. All right, intriguing game that we talked about on our podcast with Dan Wetzel earlier in the week, Boise State at Oklahoma State. Uh, Boise, I think, is really good. I think we all kind of uh, are on on that bandwagon. Oklahoma State, despite losing a lot to the NFL, uh, is back to putting up pinball numbers again. They're number one in the nation in total offense right now. Boise is number four. Oklahoma State is a three-point favorite in Boone Pickens Stadium in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Pete, what do you think? Well, I know you invented the bus, as you told us on our podcast earlier in the week, so I, I, I feel slightly guilty to uh, to jump on board with you, but I'm, I'm going to take Boise. I feel like, you know, again, penetrating analysis, this will be a high-scoring game, but I, I do feel like there will, be, there will be a lot of points scored. It will be a fun game. We don't know anything about Oklahoma State. They played Missouri State and South Alabama and rang their bells. Uh, I do feel like Boise going to Troy was a, was a little bit of a test. Troy's been good. Troy won at LSU last year. Troy's double-digit, you know, double-digit type team. And then just the complete and utter evisceration of UConn that we're still kind of in awe of. I think Wetzel's going to actually talk about that on the podcast every week for the rest <laughs> of the season. He enjoyed the 818 yards so much. That's a long-winded way for me to say the bus rolls 45-37. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I, I will open the door to the bus and let you on this time because Thank you. I'm feeling magnanimous and there's that much room still on the Boise bus, but there won't be after this game. The bandwagon's really going to get going, I really believe, because, yeah, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to look really good, and America's going to say, oh, look at Boise. And then we're going to have a real debate, I think, about where Boise belongs in the pecking order. I think this is a shootout. I'm saying 51-48, to 48, maybe maybe 55-48. I think Boise's going to score a lot of points. Uh, love Brett Rippin, the quarterback. He's got weapons. Their defense is very good. Uh, and I think, I think this is Boise's best team since the Chris Peterson days. So we are in agreement there, which is unfortunate. Three out of four we have agreed so far, Peter. Uh, let's give them a disagreement if we can here on the fifth game, Miami-Toledo. Miami at Toledo. Yes, you heard that right. The Miami Hurricanes are going to Toledo. This is the new hurricane uh, thing where they were scheduled last year to go to Arkansas State. They didn't go because of the hurricane issues that year. Uh, the year before that, they went to Appalachian State. This is basically cost saving in Saint Miami, admitting that they don't make much money on home games, so they're not going to pay for guarantees. Uh, but that's still an intriguing game in the Glass Bowl. Pete Thamel, Toledo is getting ten at home. What do you think? 
I think the Rockets actually played at Miami last year and led the game at halftime. Uh, Miami pulled pulled away. I, I feel like Toledo has the best trio of wide receivers in the country. Uh, you did not mishear me there. Toledo's receipt may has a claim to the best trio of receivers in the country. I feel like they throw the ball around the lot a little bit. I feel like they they keep it close and they fall 31-27. Miami escapes the glass bowl. I hope people are already tailgating in Toledo right now. <laughs> they should be. They're never going to get a better home game than this, that's for sure. <laughs> But uh, let's all right. Let's yeah. Toledo might have been leading at halftime. It ended up fifty-two to thirty. Okay, because Miami has better athletes than Toledo does, and that's going to be the difference in this game. As I've said before, I am not exactly uh, huge on Miami this season. I don't think they're that great. I think they were best badly overrated going into the year, and LSU exposed that. But still, they've got more athletes that they're going to put on the field than Toledo. And Toledo is not a great defensive team. Uh, they're going to give up points. So I could see it being. 42-31, 45-31 Hurricanes. Miami will cover the spread. So we've got two differences there. We'll see how those shake out. And now, Pete, let's talk about your lock of the week, a sixth game to complete the six-pack here. What do you got? So my lock of the week would be the over of you reminding us how many times uh, you said Miami was overrated. And then <laughs> once they've fallen on their face – reminding us again and again of your prediction. So if I could bet on that, I would because the over would crush because you continue to remind us of your accurate preseason prediction. But in absence of being able to have that as my lock of the week, I am going to take the alma mater, Syracuse, at home against Florida State. If you haven't seen it yet, please do yourself a favor and look at Pat's Twitter feed from the Florida State Sanford game. It is some of the great journalistic screeds of uh, of our time. I feel like Syracuse is better than Florida State right now. Look, Florida State's trying to run the Baylor sort of scheme, and Syracuse is just better at it. So I, I don't think this is that complicated. I feel like Syracuse wins this game 35-24. And Syracuse is getting three in the Carrier Dome. And uh, Dino Babers has basically been able to pull off at least one quality win there. He hadn't pulled off much of anything else, but they've, he has done that. Uh, and I think Florida State's atrocious. So that that <laughs> actually makes sense to me. Uh, and, that, yes, I'm sorry if I'm belaboring the Miami point. Instead, I'll belabor the fact that I was 5-1 and one last week against the spread <laughs> and evened up our uh, contest. Let's Let's make sure the listeners got that part of it right. All right, my lock of the week, I'm taking Vanderbilt to cover the 14-and-a-half at Notre Dame, perhaps even win outright. I think Vanderbilt, yeah, I think they're a pretty solid team. Uh, Much better, tougher physically. They've gotten good enough in the trenches. They're not just going to be completely blown off the ball. Notre Dame offensively so far has started games quickly and then fizzled out. They scored 24 against... Michigan 14 on their first two possessions, and then after that struggled, Michigan's a good defense. But then you bring Ball State into town, you score on your opening possession, and then you fizzle out there, score 24 points. That actually was a game into the fourth quarter. Notre Dame has not scored a point in the fourth quarter yet this year. Brian Kelly is scripting plays well, but after the script, what happens? So I'm going to take Vandy to not just cover the 14.5, and yes, the hook matters there, but possibly win the game outright. Thank me later for the money on that one. 
<laughs> and if Vandy does win, uh, I'll bet the over on the number of times Pat reminds us of the two-touchdown underdog that he uh, touted on the podcast. And I will also, if Notre Dame wins 42-3, to text Pat about 62 <laughs> times on Saturday. Yeah, I'll hear from you. And you'll hear from me. I do want to remind the listeners that I almost accurately predicted the SMU-TCU score that we were texting yeah, about did. at the end of the first quarter. When you were when you were pondering going to a different game because of the slow start, and I said they were going to win 45-12, to 12, and you offered me 33 points, and they end up winning, I believe, 42-12. to 12. Yeah, so, yeah. Yes. I was very scared. You're not the only self-promotional vehicle here today. <laughs> what would we be without self-promotion this, this podcast would really be hurting that's for sure okay hey we've got a separate standalone podcast coming on friday pete thamel with a great sit down with shaka smart the texas basketball coach during his recent visit to austin so be sure to check that out look for it we will be putting that on social media uh check it if on your itunes subscription we hope that you have subscribed via that and any other platform where you can find the yahoo college sports podcast uh and thank us later when we give you a lot of money after this week's picks thanks for checking out our show